Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Hello. Looks like it's summer, officially, here in Austin, Texas. Um, I wanted to start the show with one of our favorites, uh, America This Week with Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern. Matt went to London this week, and I had a proxy bootleg of some of the stuff that was said. Um, but instead, I'm going to let Matt speak in his own words about what happened. So I think that that's the best thing to do for today. Um, Mark Bear, who came to the show last week, like this program, and talked to us, he has since gone there, and then he provided... Kind of some bootleg audio. So if we get some clean samples that we can use uh, to convey, uh, we're going to do a smart little interview with Mark and just kind of get his man on the street about the event. And then we'll, you know, convey that to you. Um, this this is the call in terms of service episode. And so what that means is that... <clears throat> Uh, if if there's a conflict with Colin, there may not be as many episodes or rooms on Colin due to the conflicts that are held with the updated terms of service. So I just want to indicate that this is the new terms of service as of May 31, 2023. So... Um, because of this, I just wanted to indicate that this updated May 31, 
2023 terms of service um, is underneath the rumble header. So if there's a question or a concern or a suggestion, um, please visit rumble.com and contact legal at rumble.com. So they do have a, a um, <clears throat> I wouldn't call it standard, but it is maybe standard for apps. It's, it's not, uh, when you read it, it's not very user friendly. It's not friendly to your interests necessarily. Um, it's very kind of cavalier with your stuff. They can pull it down, kind of pull it apart, take it up, take it down uh, at their discretion. They don't have to tell you um, on and on and on and on. So I will get into the particulars about this when we've got more folks in the room. But for now, um, I am going to air the episode 44 precursor to Matt Taibbi coming back. And then I, I might read a few graphs from his um, work, his editorial work on the issue of Julian Assange being extradited to the United States, which is not good. Um, again, you know, Julian is not a United States citizen. He can't be tried for treason in the United States unless he's somehow been granted U.S. citizenship magically. He has no, no, there's nothing there. There's really nothing there that they can really hold him on legally. So this is, this is actually just brute force, lawfare, contortions, um, contravening both human rights and press freedom at the same time uh, to hold this man in Belmarsh prison, which is a terrible fate. Uh, but it, it may be worse to put him here in America. I don't know why, but, um, there, there needs to be an advocate in Congress for Julian Assange right now. So I think, um, it would be a good idea, um, to be a straight arrow and say something to your own congressman, um, regardless of their position on censorship to say something on behalf of Julian Assange, uh, because censorship is not this, you know, up or down issue. Like we have a first amendment in the United States, regardless of how deprecated the Biden administration seeks to have made it. Uh, there are, and will be, and is effort to compensate for that um, I did put in the links here up at the top that um, Biden is now bucking a court injunction backed by Congress to decommission um, Intel-led platformer censorship. So he is struggling. This executive is struggling to keep things in place so that, that he may control the election and then possibly so that the Intel agencies may unduly influence our elections, which is illegal and unlawful. And they may just sink themselves. Um, there's no American. Well, I'm not going to say no American. I'm going to say that Americans who, who 
who understand the rule of law and the U.S. Constitution, which are less and less these days, but it doesn't make any legal difference. The law is disposed to supporting the fact of the Constitution. So whether you like the Constitution, whether you think it's an antiquated document, whether you think it's it's immoral, racist, it's irrelevant because our law supports it. So if I go to court on behalf of my ability to speak to you in a legal way, then my law in the country supports that. So regardless of whether you like what I have to say or you have an opinion about it or blah, 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 it also supports your opinion to have an opinion about my opinion. So it's, it's really kind of a frustrating time. So, um, the point with going to this event in London was to discuss what to do internationally about the problem of global censorship enterprise using platforms. So I'm going to let uh, Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern kind of take it away. Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, I'm in London. I did an event last night with um, Michael Schellenberger and uh, Russell Brand on stage that was cool, um, like a little bit high school awkward, but 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 very cool. A lot of people there. Um, Stella Assange ended up on stage at one point. Uh, there were some other very interesting people in the crowd. Uh, a lot of people from the, sort of, I guess you would call it the international free speech movement and heard a lot of horror stories uh, suggesting that this thing that we've been whining about in the United States is everywhere and has dimensions to it that freaked even me out to hear. So that, that was very interesting. So that, but that's why I'm not in my usual uh, decor today. Uh, I'm in a hotel room in London. Well, what are the, what are these freaky dimensions? I want to know. You know, the stories that have been suppressed in Italy, uh, you know, there, there was, the, I talked to a, a reporter today who had a, a pretty big story about emails from the government um, involving their attitude toward COVID uh, when it came out and they published them and it was not picked up by anybody. It was the same kind of omerta that we would, you know, that we went through with Twitter files where there was just total unanimity that, um, you know, that this, these things weren't going to be covered. Uh, but also just things that in, in Germany, they're, they're having these things that, that are basically um, reporting hubs uh, where you can turn people in. Uh, technically, it's for violations of anti-feminism, um, but you can just sort of call up your local police officer and have them... Uh, and rat somebody out for having said something. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that will go on your record. Here in England, they have something they call the uh, non-criminal uh, thought offense, I think is what, what they call it. And you can be visited by a police officer who will check your thinking uh, on this and that issue. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff. I'm going to all write it up. I'm going to put it all together. But it, it, was, it was pretty weird. They actually right. call them thought fences. The people who brought us Orwell yeah, are, yeah, are bringing, exactly. huh? Um, these disinformation hubs, 
they're sort of like uh, poison hotlines or something. I, you call in, you what leave a message or you speak to a an agent or a counselor, whatever. You, you, I, I didn't get that far. It was, it was in a group meeting, um, but this was the German delegation basically was was, was talking about um, the stuff that they've been going through, and they they have it sounds like some of the more aggressive uh, programs out there. Um, right. But it, it it's just amazing. I mean, just it, it's this general attitude of you know we we have to keep you safe. Um, yeah, somebody told the story about uh, somebody was asked the question on on TV. I think it was in England, some politician um, about the decision to ban Donald Trump from Twitter and whether or not he should be allowed back on. And when they got to this person in the panel, and the question was, should Donald Trump be allowed on on Twitter? Um, the answer was, we want the safest internet in the world. Like this is, they don't even bother with any of the specifics of it. It's just this has become this ingrained thing everywhere that safety equals we must have control over everything that people say, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's crazy. And but it was very heartening to see that there were, there were a lot of people out there who were kind of of similar mind about all this. They're, they're, they don't love it. So you say it was well attended. Was it well attended in the vein of a rock concert as the new disinformation tour just drawing sort of popular uh, excitement or were these all expert types? I mean. No, it, was, it wasn't like a queen show. Um, well, I mean, but, you it, know, I, I would say it was. Uh, yeah, it was a, a small good band, I would say, like that. Right. It, was, it was that kind of reception. Right. I mean, it did um, have Russell Brand, so yeah, we have to... It was to... like uh, Bad Brains. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you, so you're saying you're at the um, Hamburg level of Beatlemania, where they're just getting started, but this thing could go to Shea's. Right. It could go right. to Shea's Stadium eventually. Okay. Um Exactly. Exactly. I'll have to start wearing the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles jersey, like uh, jersey, like Mick Jagger, and do Veterans Stadium. Although there's no Veterans Stadium anymore. Are we going to be able to see this anywhere, Matt? Uh, This event is it on online? We'll we'll put probably transcripts of it uh, up. Uh, You know, I have some. uh, We had some prepared remarks, uh, so I'm going to publish those. But. it was fun, and then tomorrow uh, I'm going to do a. Um, they're, they're unveiling a statue to Assange and Snowden here, and Dell is going to be there. And it's one of those things where you have to stand up in, in the park and uh, in London. And uh, so I'm going to give a speech for um, for Assange tomorrow, uh, and I'll I'll probably post that that video. Is this statue going to be rendered in permanent materials, marble, or something like that, or is it? a paper mache statue that can be easily taken down uh, when somebody calls the disinformation. I don't out. know. I, I mean, I I, 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 I only got a chance to talk to them briefly and they, they told me to show up tomorrow. So I'll, I'll show up and, and uh, see what happens. But, um, mm. you know, she was, she, she was up there. She was not in good spirits. I would say she was, she was, she was depressed about the recent decision, but um, yeah. 
Uh, but there were a lot of people who were, who were there supporting. So, um, so that was all good. But um, a lot of crazy stuff happened in, um, in America this week, which I guess is the name of our show, isn't it? Well, I guess we should start with COVID. Should we start with COVID? Mm. Because there was a lot of COVID stuff this week. Um, all, all rivers lead to the ocean. So let's start with COVID. Yeah. So, so where do we go? Where, where are we? Well, I think the, the one place to start is, you know, this, at this time last week, um, Michael and I had, uh, had published jointly a story basically naming uh, the three scientists who, um, from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, who, you know, are reported to have been uh, the first patients. People were using terms like patient zero. Uh, in the government to describe uh, them, and particularly this one scientist Ben, who uh, who oversaw gain of function research at the at the WIV, we published that story last week. We were a little nervous that it was going to die on the vine, and nobody would would back it up. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal um, did their own story, sort of quote unquote confirming it. Uh, mm-hmm. This comes with a bit of an asterisk because the, the one of the people on the on the violin is Michael Gordon, who, if you remember that name, uh, he was the the co-author of a lot of the Judith Miller uh, WMD stories. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that the, there is that. But look, here's the thing with the with the the lab leak uh, origin stories. This whole tale about the WIV scientists getting sick. It's not new. It's been, it was first published two years ago by the Wall Street Journal and then by NBC. They picked it up. Uh, but what is, what's new now is that people are talking about the names. Obviously, this story is out there enough that um, a lot of people have this information. And naturally, you start to wonder, well, why would that be? Why, why, why would it suddenly be? Um, you know, within reach of, of lots of different journalists and even independent journalists uh, to get this information. Some people are suspicious of that. They think it's what you know, what you would call a limited hangout, right? Like it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's meant to distract the public. I, I think actually this is just the first step in, in a gradual retreat. Um, you know, from the very aggressive campaign in the other direction that, you know, they just were not able to sustain. There's just too, too much information going in the other direction that they're going, that they can't explain away. Um, one thing I do regret a little bit is the use of the term patient zero. It, mm-hmm. it, it's true that some people, some of the sources we talked to use that term, but I think we might find out that there were earlier cases. Um, in fact, I think that's probable. Uh, that, that there were incidents in, in August, September, as well as November. Earlier cases around the lab or elsewhere? Yeah, around the lab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the lab. I think we're going to find that there were technicians at the lab who got sick in, in September. Um, right. And that this, right. this prompted things like the administrative changes, the change in the ventilation system, that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it it is a little bit heartening that uh, the, the tide... I guess this is a little bit turning. Is it is it turning on this? I can't really tell. Well, okay. First, let's note the uh, uh, sort of structural similarity between the alleged leak 
of the virus from the lab and now the leak of information from um it, it, they, they seem to be following similar patterns and uh i don't know that we can as we can't be certain that the first story is true i don't know that we can be certain that this one um these are two sets of leaks and limited hangouts and, and information control are a sophisticated uh strategy these days surrounding one of the greatest uh, events of contemporary history this worldwide pandemic that may not have been innocent at all but the result of a bioweapon leaked or perhaps worse can't can't be certain so so i i i apply maximum skepticism to it all as i have since the beginning um there's a strange uh, sensation for people like me who have been uh dubious since the start because as you say we're lear- we're now learning things in a sort of shock manner that weren't all that hard to find out originally except maybe as you say in their um uh the motives for untruth in around covid are probably and the incentives for untruth as great as they have ever been in human history um uh 100 billion dollar products international uh relations uh domestic politics we're all affected here and everyone has something to hide who has something to gain by disclosure i'm not sure i mean independent journalists obviously maybe even journalism in general might be redeemed by truth about covid uh but i'm still wary it's funny i i was wary by the kind of reporting that went on in the first place this is you know, from bats this is from this wet market uh we mustn't question that and i'm wary about this now because i don't see at what point things really changed in that now now that the vaccine is out there now that this product has been sold worldwide uh, and and you know now that the 2020 election is over uh and and mail in balloting is established and now that uh you know we seem to be on on to other uh international conflict agendas why is it that this is coming out now when all the things that it might have affected have already happened it is weird i i think it's really notable that um a lot of this investigation in this direction began with a really small uh outfit called the US right to know which is not right wing it's kind of a lefty outfit that i think if i'm not mistaken is funded by some people in the health food industry i'm not i can't remember exactly how it works but um but there're a, a small independent investigative group that issued a whole bunch of FOIA requests about um uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and gain of function research and a bunch of universities and this you know good old fashioned kind of shoe leather reporting it's still basically the, the the key information that gives us some kind of a basis to try to understand what might have happened right what like the a plausible explanation for what happened because the, the really the two explanations are it happened naturally 
somehow this virus came from a bat cave a thousand miles away and got transferred through an animal somehow. Um, and then the other one is they were working on what seems like it might have been an aerosolized vaccine attempt. Mm. So it was easily transmissible and more or less asymptomatic. There was research. You know, we had, because of these FOIA requests, we see that they were working on or that there were proposals about that kind of thing. Um, that kind of research is directly connected to this particular institution, the, uh, the Wuhan Institute. So there's a lot of circumstantial evidence pointing to the idea that they were working on something that they thought was going to be helpful to humanity, you know, like an aerosolized vaccine, maybe for troops, maybe not for all people. Uh, okay, Matt, let, let me tell you something. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip it there. The idea is that, um, you know, the pandemic and the origins of the pandemic and the why of the pandemic is, is kind of passe. The emergency is over. And I think that, that I, the pandemic itself became a shadow of what it was used for. And the governments around the world decided to go for all power, total power, like totalitarian style and just try to grab it as virtue and use that as the way to lead the citizens of all nations as a global government. So like they'd like tried that jacket on with everybody, including the American citizen. And it did not work out <clears throat> because, you know, for all the crimination and incrimination of disinformation schlepped around by the citizens, that, that Vanguard was to kind of take take the uh, a light away from the fact that they were shuttling a lot of disinformation themselves. Now, disinformation is a government product. It is an intelligence agency job. It is an intelligence agency commission and product. It is, it is propaganda, but it is a type of lying propaganda that you are supposed to get into. Now, Making it your responsibility, which is something I've bemoaned on prior episodes, is really not your job. Okay? It's not, you shouldn't be whacked or, or, you know, censored because they are putting out their own disinformation. Now, what has happened since the, the advent of the Twitter files, it's a cross section of what is going on with platforms. Platforms were commanded by the U.S. government and other governments. They weren't the only governments who, who have been doing this, but in the history of platforming over the last 15, 20 years, a variety of different governments have tried authoritarian aims aimed at, at U.S. platforms because that's where they're based. And so... They got into this foreign policy vein where they became de facto little state departments and they had to have a policy. Each social media platform had to have a policy per country. So if India came waving around a, a, an, an affidavit saying, you better do this, you better censor this guy because we don't like what he's saying, uh, 
then the people who are working there, you know, had to come up with a policy. Well, gee, how do I deal with India when, when PM Modi doesn't like, you know, what's being said about his Aadhaar program or, or any other program that he's running? You know, well, gee, you know, uh, you know, this, this guy online said that, that Modi runs his country like a, like a drug gangster. You know, we can't be having that. That's not dignified. Modi's a, is a supreme dignitary. We can't have that. So, I mean, then it became like minute and, and down very, very games of the, the ruling class. You know, they're like, I didn't like that this was said about me. Go hit that person on the head digitally. Make sure that they can't talk. And that's not really a free society anymore. That's, that's kind of like a sub parallel government operating and dictating to you in this weird, uh, format. So I'm, I'm sitting here in the strange graces of the terms of service of the call in app. Now I've read this app and it's very top down and, and I'll read you some of it that I think that should, you should maybe be aware of. Um, let's see here. Special notice for international use export controls. Software defined below available in connection with the service and the transmis- transmission of applicable data, if any, is using the software at, is at your sole risk. They're putting it on you. Recognizing the global nature of the internet, you agree to comply with all local rules and laws regarding your use of the service, including as it concerns online conduct and acceptable content. So let's say I go to my VPN and I move it from, say, the Netherlands to the United States. Let's see what happens. Let's go here. I'm going to move it to the United States. Okay, we're back. So I have moved my... uh, my VPN to a different location so that applicable laws that are United States coverage maybe apply more. Um, but I've always been based in Texas and we say that we are based in Texas and the laws here protect my right to say anything that I need to say on a social media website. This at some point may come in conflict with Collins terms of service. Uh, because Colin is compelled to comply with the laws of Texas regarding speech and relay of speech. Um, what I read yesterday was that they reserve the right to modify or discontinue temporarily or permanently the service or any part thereof with or without notice. You agree that Colin will not be liable to you or any third party for any modification, suspension, or discontinuance of the service. I don't think this is a good contract. I don't think that's a good clause in this contract because it renders the user powerless over their own publication. And that's why it's a bad contract. Mobile services. Services include certain services that are available via mobile device, including the ability to upload content to the service via mobile device, 
The extent that you access the service through a mobile device, your wireless server carriers, standard charges, data rates, and other fees may apply. In addition, downloading, installing, and using mobile services may be prohibited or restricted by the carrier. Not all mobile services may work with all carriers. So by using the mobile devices, you agree that we may communicate with you regarding call-in and other ent entities by SMS, MMS, text messages, and other electronic means to your mobile device, device Sorry, that certain information about your usage of the mobile services may be communicated to us. So there's, there's communication going on between the carrier and call-in and call-in and you. So there is communication that can happen, but it might be it might be clipped because of the carrier and it might be clipped because of Colin, but you won't know. And so the, some of the technical issues that have impacted the program here, I call it the program. Um, the things, the issues that have impacted us has been that the entire show just disappears. This show disappeared from programming last week and in several times in May. And I didn't realize that there was a transition going on in Rumble that may have made this this way. Um, and read Terms of Service a while. Hadn't read it. Um, but I think that this, this contract is very, um, it's, it's very top down in the power inversions really adverse to my feeling good about using this app. Um, so I'm not saying it's bye-bye. I'm saying that the way I'm going to use the app is going to change. So it can't be this call-in program that as it has been is not, is not going to be the same exclusive, right? Because they have non-exclusive and exclusive you know, work on, on this publication and this, this program that I am generating right now. So I reserve the right to, to take whatever I'm doing here and put it, say on another platform. If I make a recording, um, and Substack and Podomatic and RSS.com and any variety of other, other platforms that I, I intend to use to advocate and, and publicate and, do the things that I do to get awareness out. So um, <clears throat> now I can't, I don't think the right way to use this platform going forward is to use it as like direct news. It's, it's to use it as a platform for discussion only. So if I come in the room and I say, okay, I'm going to have a room, I'm going to book it like say a venue but I'm not going to have as much to say, you know, gathering people toward myself uh, for the, the, the point of just speaking um, is, is uh, you know, it's not something that, you know, for, for just like, I need to, to convey to you as an authority. Like sometimes I just want to get news out. I don't want to stand on a, on a hill and, you know, dictate, and do Q and a like I'm an expert. I don't, I don't think that there's parody there in a lot of cases. There's a lot of people I don't know very well. Um, 
So the way I'm doing this, I, I wanted to use this app to convey news and information. And that's been okay, but I don't think it's been the proper use of this app based on, on the terms of service and the way that I'm reading it. So um, instead of making this a shop call, I wanted to let you know that this is going to impact or change the way I use the app, this education that I have just received <laughs> because I got kicked out of the app when I put a link to Kanakoa's Substack in the alerts or the, the system-wide alert update. And Kanakoa had information about Dr. I think it's Hotz. Um, and how he, this is the doctor out of Houston that Joe Rogan has taken on. Dr. Hotz is a beneficiary of medical kickbacks from the Wuhan. He's another Fauci. He's another guy who signed off or benefited from the research of gain of function and the relay of, of research going on at the Wuhan lab. You know, like, whoops. That's why it was welcomed on every single, every single CNN broadcast ever. He was getting money from the government to dictate medicine to you. And that's, it's not something that's trustworthy at this point. Um, because we shouldn't have been in China doing gain of function, period. Period. Um, and, for all of my criticism of Barack Obama and his administration, he did have the decency and good judgment to say, we shouldn't be doing gain of function. We shouldn't be messing around with DNA and viruses uh, in China in a clandestine way. But hey, Anthony, we trust you. We trust you, man. You've been around a long, long time. I know, you, I know you're not going to betray America, but he did. He so did betray America and he did it for money. That's, that's usually how that one goes. So uh, we can't have blind faith in government institutions. That's the point of reporting. That's the point of holding leaders accountable and occasionally trimming off these dead corrupt branches and, and maybe even uprooting whole entire agencies after a while when they serve uh, the and the world and the world. So in terms of, of global leadership, I'm not really jazzed so much about, you know, global leadership as I am sovereignty at this point. I, I want sovereignty for America to be regarded. And in that, the citizen is to be regarded. So I'm going to push a little bit here. Here, push left. Here we go. So the FTC has taken some action against Amazon. I wanted to discuss that really quickly with you, but I'm going to put my my uh, microphone. Sorry about that. So what I wanted to tell you briefly was that the FTC is suing Amazon for unfair practice. Now, personal story here, this is true. 
I discovered that I had an Amazon Prime account on a credit card. And I, I can't even access anything on, on Amazon, period. I've been locked out since 2013. I've been locked out of Amazon since 2013. Their administration won't, won't have me. I can't buy a thing on Amazon. Can't buy a thing. Um, so, but the FTC did take action against Amazon for enrolling consumers in Amazon Prime without their consent and sabotaging their attempts to set accounts. So the document is, this is the FTC's own communication from, directly from them. And the complaint outlines, outlines details of companies knowing failure to address non-consensual subscriptions and cancellation trickery. Okay, so here's how I learned that I had an Amazon Prime account. I went to Whole Foods, unfortunately, and I bought a couple things. So I was, you know, I typically never do shopping with a credit card, but I have been do, doing it more, unfortunately, because ah, inflation be kicking my boopy. So I bought groceries on the credit card, like a lot of, a lot of people are doing. A lot of people are doing it. So I bought some groceries from Whole Foods on the credit card. And when I went to the counter and to check out, the guy said, you saved $40 and some change due to your Amazon Prime account. I'm like, what? I don't have an Amazon Prime account. It says right here you have an Amazon Prime account. I'm like, associated with this card. And I'm like, how? I never, I never signed up for anything with Amazon. So, of course, you know, they have done things like this before in the past. So, what I'm going to tell you is that if you go to Whole Foods, don't use a credit card and pay cash with Whole Foods. Because I think they're getting non-subscriber accounts and forcing them to have a Prime account um, if you chart you run a charge through their systems I think that's how it's happening because there is no known universe where I gave them this card to get prime just didn't happen has my name on it doesn't doesn't shouldn't doesn't shouldn't be associated I, I can't buy anything on Amazon if I tried to log in today I'd be like hellbanned blocked can't buy a, a dang thing on Amazon. But they be robbing me of information and tracking my credit card purchases because because deceptive practice. Because they grabbed it from Whole Foods. So don't do it. That's what I think is going on. That's my personal experience with that. They, they are getting sued right now because they won't back out of Prime. They're like, no, we need to money we need the data don't give it to them and if you gotta not shop at Whole Foods because this is how it's getting done do it ah that's my PSA for today alright so uh Hotes getting kicked down through Kanakoa 
Now, I got kicked off of this this uh, platform because I put a link to Kanakoa's uh, Substack, which I shall read such censored terribleness to you now. Dr. Peter Holtz funding link to controversial Chinese military scientist at Wuhan lab. Funded by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Holtz R01 AI 098775 grant. Meaning they took your money, taxpayer. Dr. Jiang Shibo and Dr. Du Lanying collaborated with scientists from the People's Liberation Army, who's your favorite, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Don't you love Wuhan? Wuhan. Wuhan. No, nobody cares. So, there he is. There's this nice, friendly, mustachioed picture with Texas children in hospital on his white jacket and his bow tie and his blue Oxford next to a inset picture of Mr. Shibo Jong and then the people in plastic bags and clean suits at the Wuhan Institute of Virology all very technical and medicine so go to Kanekoa News that's K-A-N-E K-O-A Kanekoa News on Substack and get the rest um, as far as Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan threw down the gauntlet, like MMA style, and he said, come in here and debate RFK. Do it. Do it. Debate RFK. Because RFK says he has medical proof, but there isn't a body who will stand in the same room with him and debate the medicine. That, to me, is very suspicious. The fact that, I mean, if you can't stand on your own science, that's like, that's like a priest saying, I believe in God, I'll never, I'll never stand to any challenge to my belief system. I cannot talk to you, atheist. You know, if you believe what you believe, it can withstand some knocks from someone who doesn't believe what you believe. You won't disappear. You won't turn into powder. You know, you do run the risk of being wrong, but wouldn't you want to have true information instead? The truth is really important, and you don't want to run around the rest of your life having a deceptive attitude or a deceptive concept. But I think the problem is is that people become very attached to lies and deception because they make money from it. And for some reason, they have kind of traded up with Satan for power somehow because the lie is more valuable to people who are crooked than the truth is the truth is the real enemy but when the truth gets out there it has extreme value it is like gold the value of truth never changes (laughs) the truth is true no matter how far underground you bury it no matter what you do with it no matter how many planes you stick it on to fly it out of out into international waters it is still true in every jurisdiction that's how truth is
had to admit Sophie, that's my control room producer. She decided to join us. This may be her last show with us for a while. Um, because it may be my last show with you for a while. Um, and it pain as much as it pains me to say that, um, I just don't know that I can kind of cope with the the new terms of service. I just don't know. Um, unless I change, it would be an exclusively just, you know, social room for people to talk together about things. And it's regrettable because I have about 190 followers now. But I don't, it's, it's really kind of a controlling weirdness. They don't want me to have access to a lot of stuff. They don't want me to feel like I own anything or have any rights to, to, to kind of balance anything on, on, in terms of technical relay. It, it's a very tough, you know, inversion of power in, in that terms of service. It's really tough for me to go along with consciously. Um, so I, I, I want to participate in Colin. You know, it's been called a good platform, but I don't think it's a good platform now. <laughs> I think there are better competitors who would maybe treat me a little bit better. Um, even though the functionality is improved and it does have video, you know, there is there there are good things, great things about Colin. Um, but a lot of people have uprooted because it's not it's not what you think it is. So so I just wanted to indicate also that Biden is bucking a court injunction backed by Congress to decommission Intel-led platformer um, censorship. So that's true, according to Reclaim the Net. Let's just go there now. I'm bugged. Really bugged about this term of service, man. We won't let you see the kids. It's a bad custody battle, and I'm like, I can just go somewhere where I don't have these problems. Um, bidi 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 bidi. So, if you go to reclaimthenet.org, it's one of my favorite sites for news and information pertaining to the show. Some of the headlines are like DuckDuckGo browser beta arrives on Windows. Um, some private CCTV footage is being automatically streamed to law enforcement. Section 702 of the Foreign Surveillance Intelligence Act makes a mockery of the Fourth Amendment. That just seems like regular editorial on a Tuesday. Um, and here we go. House Republicans use COVID response hearing to outline Biden's online censorship collusion. And here we go. RFK is going to uh, testify on censorship for the weapon weaponization committee. Read this one. Poor old RFK is getting dragged so so bad. Doctor Holtz won't, won't debate him. The, the scientists won't stand in the same room with him because they they think he has intellectual cooties. Uh, RFK, Jr. Democratic presidential hopeful will testify before the weaponization of the federal government select subcommittee on July twentieth. Mark your calendars. According to a well-placed source who spoke to Ashley Oliver, reporting for Breitbart News, expect discussions on censorship and free speech during the public hearing. 
As an environmental lawyer, Kennedy has been a notable voice, but his comments on health topics like coronavirus vaccines, which deviate from mainstream messaging, have made him the target of online censorship, with several calls from media outlets for his appearances online to be censored. Which is uh, so weird for the media to be censoring media. They just they just want the government to control the competition. They just they just want the government to pick the winners. And the government says, okay, if I magically vote you as a winner, then you shall say everything that we want you to say magically, and then you shall get all of the business. And that is not cool. That is not capitalism, my friends. That is fascism. It is the way that China is doing things, though. Kennedy is no stranger to the heavy hand of social media censorship. His organization, Children's Health Defense faced content removal on Facebook and, Facebook, mm, and Instagram. The organization sued Facebook owner Meta over censorship and lost Plus, YouTube pulled a video featuring Kennedy from Dr. Jordan Peterson's channel. Its reason? YouTube spokesperson weighed in and said the video broke the rules against vaccine misinformation. Oh, no. YouTube also censored an older video of an interview between Mike Tyson and Kennedy that took place before Kennedy ran for president but was censored after his announcement to run. Kennedy did not hold back after his video was yanked from YouTube. He took to Twitter to throw some shade at Big Tech's role in content management. Mm. Okay, so this is an ongoing thing. So let's go to, uh, let's do a little search here for Biden. Biden administration pushes back against requests for an injunction against government-directed censorship. Now, here is where the rubber meets the road, my friends. It should be easy to accept considering the First Amendment, but not by old Joe. The Biden administration's lawyers appeared in front of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit this month and urged the judge not to grant an injunction that would prevent the federal government from directing social media platforms to censor user content. The request for the injunction was filed by the New Civil Liberties Alliance, a legal group that's representing theoretical cognitive scientist Mark Schengese, um, attorney and author Michael P. Sanger, and stay-at-home father Daniel Kotzen, in a lawsuit that alleges Biden, the Biden administration violated the First Amendment by pressuring Twitter to censor so-called COVID-19 misinformation. The trio, trio, excuse me, the trio spearheading this lawsuit are Michael P. Singer, an attorney and author, Mark Chankisi, the theoretical cognitive scientist, and, and Daniel Coates, and his stay-at-home dad. All three have leveraged their Twitter accounts to voice criticisms of government-imposed COVID-19 restrictions and to question narratives endorsed endorsed by the health authorities. Now, this is part of the First Amendment. We reserve the right to express a grievance against our own government for policies and practices that they leverage against the people. That is part of the First Amendment. I'll just pick it up right here on my desk and it says what? Congress shall make no law respecting the, an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof, da 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 and to petition the government for a redress of your grievances. This is redress of grievances. 
they shall not be prohibited and going through the laundromat of a of an online platform that is that favors the government over your first amendment not no no it's got to conform to the laws so even the terms of service that Colin is subjected to has to conform to the laws of the land in this case it would conform to the first amendment and so I'm not calling out Colin for for not legal practice but when this stuff starts getting slippy where where my program just disappears into the ether and it becomes a kind of a a shell game of speech and it's very manipulative and uh, to discontinue my program and disruptive to the continuity of people who respectfully want to listen to the program so uh, if I do a room after this weekend it will be just to be social meaning like just to visit with listeners and just to visit with people who are want to talk on on the program but I can see that this is another one of those programs where the listenership is deprecated and they're either we're not allowing notification or, or nobody's just just nobody's interested <laughs> That could be it too. Nobody wants to come play today. So if that's the case, then um, you know I can certainly accept that. But the dropout of information, the lack of accountability, the lack of communication with the platform, the passive aggression in the terms of service—it's kind of baked in there—is is rough. It's really rough for me as a user to kind of kind of deal with. So um, maybe I can I work something out with legal but they would have to talk to me and the the going standard is for a lot of not talking to happen but attempts will be made so um, I really appreciate everybody who's hung in strong with me here at Colin and and Colin itself I mean Charlie Weiser is a good guy um, John the iOS guy he's been on the program many many times just to just to listen hang out um, I reached out via LinkedIn to, to kind of connect and see if there's anything technically we could do to improve the relay of the program. But I'm making the best decisions that I can make for the future of what I'm doing here on the unsanctioned citizen. And the unsanctioned citizen is to not be sanctioned, cut off, and run over. I'm supposed to have a clear runway to say what I need to say, which, you know, I have it today, but I don't know how technically that's going to go in the future. What was promised and what I think is going to happen are two different things. So, um, so with that, I just want to thank everybody who's my now and future listeners and people who've, who've uh, been with me here on Colin and the whole platform for the experience. So, um, you know things do change I hope I hope things will go better in the future but the next time I do a room might be a while so I will talk to you guys when I talk to you guys uh, reach out off platform if you want to we will be posting podcast content at Substack Podomatic and RSS.com um, going forward and then we will be back here when we're back here 
So thank you for listening. Um, I look forward to hearing your correspondence and visiting with you in the future. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast Archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and Call In. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com. <laughs>